Warning, this show has been known to cause certain side effects in listeners and participants alike. Symptoms include a positive outlook on life, wanting to try new things, and a renewed faith in humanity. Enjoy at your own risk. Hey there, and welcome to the I Like to Like Things podcast. I'm your host, Chris. Thanks for joining me. I don't think I have to tell you that the world can be a dark and scary place for us all. I'm here to help you get through the miasma of that negativity one episode at a time. And to accomplish this, I have a guest tell me about their favorite thing, and we get to share in their enthusiasm. Now, the catch is, I'm not already a fan of their thing. However, I've learned that it's easy to like something as long as I had an excited person explaining why their thing was great. And so this podcast and all its potential positive feelings is born from that. And for today's episode, we have Nick Bartholomew from the Illinois Storm Chasers. Nick, how's it going? Going pretty good. How about you? Well, we just were talking about weather, which is um, an odd thing that happens when you're an adult, um, is that, you know, you ask what the weather likes there. And I always thought... (laughs) I always thought that that was a thing that was kind of a joke that adults did, but it's actually like a true thing. Like, oh, that's nice. You know, you're saying it's like 60 degrees, nice, no humidity. Mine is, is like, <laughs> mine, mine is not that. So, <laughs> which doesn't make this episode evergreen. Okay, I, I want to ask you a lot of questions. And, but I think that it's going to segue nicely into your thing. So it, this kind of stinks, uh, cause like we would normally do something a little different. Like we would talk about your podcast and everything, but your thing is your thing that I would talk to you about ahead of time. So, uh, let's just launch right into it. Uh, Nick, my new friend, what is your thing? My thing is... Storm chasing. The, the the from Illinois storm chasers that kind of gave it away. But um, okay, so what is your day job? So right now my day job is actually working uh, as a general manager at a restaurant. So okay, yeah, that's that's my day job because at the end of the day, right now storm chasing does not pay my bills. So I do need something. To <laughs> I wish, it but did, it's the passion, but, right? Yeah, it's the passion. I, I want to ask this before we jump into the whole thing. How accurate is the Twister movie experience to you being a storm chaser? I love this question. I, I yeah, and I, uh, I get this, like I do severe weather presentations all across the state of Illinois as well. So I get this question often, like how how realistic is Twister? Um, okay. Twister is not realistic. Um, Dang it! It's a Dang typical it. Hollywood film. I will say there are aspects that that do hold some truth, but the overall theme of the movie is is uh, way off. But because dang it, it, okay. here's the thing, in in the movie, right? They they you're uh-huh. you're watching and they're constantly on these tornadoes, seeing tornado after tornado, and it's just it seems like it's never ending. When I'm out okay. there storm chasing, yeah. 97 uh-huh. of the time, I'm driving under blue sky. Okay, three percent, I'm seeing something. <laughs> But that 97%, I'm just sitting there driving over open country roads, looking at blue sky. All right. So how did you get into this? Like, did you go to school for it? Did did uh, did it start somewhere before that? How did it happen? 
So for me, it, it's really kind of a two-part thing of what really got me interested uh, in weather and storm chasing. Number one is the movie Twister. That's so perfect. <laughs> I love that. That makes me so happy. You have no idea. That's fantastic. So because, well, <laughs> I, I was born in the early 90s and Twister came out in 96. Yeah. So I grew up watching that movie. So that's no, that's the first part of what got me interested in. Yeah, first movie that was ever released on DVD. Was it really? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's my that's my Twister knowledge. Yeah, other than the incredible chemistry that everybody has in that movie, but yes. And, yeah. I did not know that. That's, <laughs> that's crazy. But yeah, like so that movie came out yeah. in '96. I was born in the early '90s, so I grew up watching it. But Absolutely, the other part yeah. that really like got my interest was my immense fear of storms growing up. Even though I love the movie Twister, oh. I was petrified of thunderstorms growing up. Reason oh, wow. is, yeah, right before I was born, uh, there was a massive tornado that hit uh, hit my town. Uh, it, to this day, okay. it's still the strongest tornado in the month of August in US history. Uh, it was a Plainfield wow, tornado really? back in 1990. And my family was affected by that. So growing up, I thought every storm was going to be the next Plainfield tornado. So, oh my gosh, that fear growing up then turned into a passion once I started learning more about weather and then turned into this weird desire to go see Mother Nature up close and personal and basically get inside of a tornado. So, figure that one out how I go from the immense fear to now wanting to get as close as I can to them. No, so I mean, basically, you are Joe from Twister where she watched it decimate her town and she wanted to make sure that she knew everything about it. I mean, it makes total sense. I am terrified of the ocean. I want, I, I know a ton about the ocean. Like I just, like, you wanna know, I know it makes sense. Like you wanna know the most about something that you're afraid of so you can be prepared or you can fix it or you can uh, assuage those fears. Like to where like those fears don't like take hold inside of you. Like you, you learn that it's not gonna be the one, every single storm is gonna wreck your town. Like, and that's just through your gaining of knowledge. Wow. Okay. So like, that's incredible. And so then, so you had to go to school, I would assume meteorology, right? Yeah. I hope so, I'm right. yeah, yeah. I went to just a junior college nearby, uh, for my associates and uh -huh. then, um, did Mississippi state for my, my meteorology program. But for storm chasing, like technically you don't need a degree. You don't need any sort of training to be a storm chaser. Heck yeah. But that's not the smart thing to do. Go out without any okay. education on it. Is that something that you come across a lot in? Because obviously you know what you're doing, and like you're 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 a professional. Um, is that is that something you come into contact with a lot? A lot of like amateurs out there. Absolutely, especially since oh, wow. the uh, show on Discovery, Storm Chasers. Uh, I went off the air probably what eight ten years ago now, but the show Storm Chasers uh -huh. on Discovery was a huge catalyst for chasers. Um, okay. And like the thing is, what I always like to tell people is like, if you want to go out and chase, by all means, like we want we want people to do what they love, do what they're passionate about. But what we highly encourage people to do is have that experience, whether it be going out with an inexperienced chaser, whether uh, it's doing the chase tours that are offered across the country, just whatever you can to gain that knowledge before doing it on your own. Because it's not just, a lot of people think it's just the storm, you know, it's just the storm that's dangerous. But with uh -huh. how much driving is involved in storm chasing, it really boils down to 
you know, you're out there on the road for 10, 12, 14, 16 hours a day driving, and you know that in itself is a risk of its a risk uh, within itself. So, oh yeah, absolutely. Have you? So when you first did it, did you go out with the crew, um, like experienced people? Did you? He has a smile on his face right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, okay, so here's a do as I say, not as I do type situation. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So my first time yeah. ever chasing out of state, out, out of the state of Illinois, uh, I was with one of my good friends who had about as much experience as me storm chasing out of state, which was zero. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> so we went out to Missouri and chased this setup and... You know, in, we were in Southwest Missouri, and if anybody's familiar with that area, it's very hilly and a lot of trees. So it's not good chase. Uh -huh. And we ended up, long story short, we got ourselves in a very bad situation uh, where we end up getting uh, real close to a tornado that we could not see. It was wrapped in rain. We were in uh, oh. heavy rain, the hail, the wind. So I couldn't see over the hood of my car, and I decided to stop because I, I told my, my friend, like, I can't see. I can't see at all. I'm not going to continue driving. And that decision right there possibly saved me from being severely injured or killed um, because the tornado ended up passing about 200 yards in front of me. Um, so that was a big learning lesson for me of, hey, let's, let me reach out to someone who knows what they're doing and have them take me under their wing and actually learn how to do this the right way. Uh, and that's how I actually got involved with Illinois Storm Chasers, um, one of the co-founders good friends with him. He took me under his wing, kind of showed he has, you know, 15 years experience, documented over 200 tornadoes. Um, wow. So yeah, he kind of took me under his wing and taught me what to do and what not to do. That's <laughs> always good. So when you were going to school for this, like how do people at the schools view people that storm chase? Or is it just like, that is what you do? Is that, how, what, what is it the view there? What, what do you mean? So you mean like just, in schooling in general, like, like taking storm chasing as a career or? Yeah, basically, yeah. So like when, so when you went to school for this, like was this like kind of part of the curriculum, storm chasing, oh. like, or was it, yeah. Yeah, no, so no, like the meteorology program itself, it's very, it's very much just the meteorology aspect. Um, mm -hmm. You know, funny thing is that, you know, storm chasers provide the ground truth, truth the National Weather Service to provide accurate warnings and timely warnings. Okay. Uh, but there uh -huh. tends to be a, some people tend to look down on storm chasers. Um, really? Thinking we're just, you know, reckless people who are out there being self-centered, things of that nature. And um, so schooling wise, it doesn't, they don't, they don't look at all at storm chasers. It's very much on the science of it and going into a career, whether it be in broadcasting, whether it be in an operational aspect, whether it be, you know, aviation, any any avenue like that. But they, they, don't, they don't put their curriculum around storm chasing. So when you decided to storm chase, it was, did your, did your meteorology like background help you at all? It seems like it would, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because with the meteorology background, it comes your forecasting because, you know, we will see setups days in advance on the models, on the weather models, and we'll, okay. you know, make our own forecast based on that, on where our target area is going to be, when we need to be there, uh -huh. what the expected hazards are, so on and so forth. So the meteorology background is is definitely needed uh, to be a, uh -huh. at least to be a successful storm chaser. 
Yeah. So when you're going out there, when you're when so you see the forecast happening, what do you do to prepare yourself to go out? Like what 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 are some of the things you bring? What are some of the things that you're thinking about ahead of time? Like when before you even go out, what are you thinking? So it, it varies. It depends. You know, if, if I'm going uh -huh. on a local chase, and by local I mean within let's say about 200 miles of home. Um, That's local. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. That, that, Whoa. That would be local. Okay. Yeah. Um, we drive a lot. So anything like yeah. 200 miles each way is, is relatively local because that's roughly four, four and a half hour drive. Um, uh -huh. You know, those kind of chases, it's very much, a lot of times those tend to be more, more of the last minute chases where you might see something okay. like the night before and be like, you know what? It's a reasonable driving distance. Let's just go for it in the morning. So those kind of chases, you know, I what I bring, my laptop, my cameras, my phone, and I pack a lunch bag. That's that's usually it. Yeah. Um, if I'm going out further, like towards the plains, like Kansas, Oklahoma, Nebraska, Texas, that area where it's gonna be a several day trip, obviously there, there's a lot more planning involved. Usually the forecast has been looked at over the past, you know, four or five, six days to make that trip out there worth it. Um, at that point, uh -huh. then we have to look at lodging. We have to look at, of course, different, uh, just all, all the logistical issues of a normal, let's say vacation is what we have to look at if we're going okay. on a trip like that. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, so what do you bring with you? Like, what what's like the standard gear? So for me, I'm, I'm a very minimalist chaser. Um, you know, there's okay. some chasers out there who will, who will rig up their cars with all these different antennas and anemometers which measure wind speed, all this different stuff. Um, I did that my first things, year and I- right? Yeah, those, those exactly. little, with the little spoons on the top. Yeah, the little, with the spoons yeah, the on top. I always think they look like spoons. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. So for me, like when I go out, because I, I tend to to take a low profile. I don't necessarily want to be. I don't want to say I don't want to be seen out there. I love talking with people. I love interacting with people. But I don't want. I don't necessarily necessarily want to be followed because my Got my um, my way of storm chasing. Uh, is a little bit more aggressive. I like to get closer. I like to put myself in a in a better spot to be very close to the tornado, but also it's a much more dangerous mm -hmm. spot. So if I have people following me who aren't experienced, number one, they're putting themselves in danger. Number two, they're putting me in danger. And number three, they're putting all their all the people around in danger by clogging up the roads. So that's why I take a minimalist approach. I just have my laptop, my camera, and my phone. Nothing, nothing on the outside wow. of my vehicle. It seems like you wouldn't want to be worrying about them because you're going to have enough time, you know, worrying about yourself and what you're, what you, you want to focus. It would make sense. Definitely. Gosh, wow. So when, wow. So when you get close, what is like a sign that you know you're going to be getting close? Is it just going to be something from satellite imagery? Are you looking at different like things physically, like what you can physically see, or is it all going to be from different like models that you're that are being Obviously, when a when the tornado was there, you can see a tornado. Like, but you want to be there before that starts to touch down. I would assume, because once it's dropped, it's dropped. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, when I'm approaching my target area, yes, satellite is huge because I'm able to see the towering cumulus clouds on satellite and figure out, you know, mm -hmm. here's here's a a front and we have uh, moisture coming in, blah blah blah. All all this all this stuff coming together on satellite and radar. And then I can basically mm -hmm. verify that my target area is a good area. And then as the storms begin to fire, that's when basically the pursuit starts. That's when we start going after. 
Um, and then by that point, it's, it's mainly just physical, what we physically see out the window and okay. be able to gauge kind of what we're seeing to what the overall environment is supportive of and just working from there. So at that point, it, it really, it really uh, then transitions into experience and just knowledge of, of the physical attributes of thunderstorms. You were saying it was hilly is what you were saying when you were saying you were in that bad area. So what would be like a good area? Just like a long flat plane of, of like farmland, something like that. Is that like prime viewing area? Yep, absolutely. Like for, for me being uh -huh. in Illinois, uh, central Illinois is probably the best chase terrain in the entire United States because the really? roads are fantastic. Okay. It's a, there's, you know, every, every half mile to a mile, there's a, if you're going north to south, there's an east to west option or vice versa. It's a very gridded road network and very flat. Uh, you get out to, oh. let's say, Texas, especially the western part of Texas, the road network is awful. <laughs> it's very flat, okay. but the road network is uh -huh. terrible. So, um, you you know, when you find an area that has a good road network as well as a very flat terrain, that's your ideal chasing uh -huh. area. Um, so what are some of the areas... I mean, you'll, I hear about them on the news every so, you know, every so, I do not live in tornado land. I live in earthquake, earthquake land is where I live and, uh, and fire land, earthquake and fire. So, uh, don't have, don't have that wind or water period over here. What are some of the like prime places to be a storm watcher? So you're saying central Illinois, you said, uh, Eastern Texas. Is that what you said? What are other places that are hit? Like other areas that are good for chasing or good for, uh, -huh. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Tornado Alley, so, you know, Kansas, Nebraska, Oklahoma, uh, Texas, Iowa's good. Um, uh -huh. But one interesting thing is over the past several years, like there's been a big void of, of at least tornadoes in the traditional Tornado Alley. Um, it's actually shifted to what we call Dixie Alley, which is more so Arkansas, Alabama, Mississippi, and Tennessee, which also is very, very bad chase terrain. Uh, very hilly, oh. a lot of trees, um, uh -huh. not good to chase over there. But for me, like my favorite area is, is central Illinois central and then north central Illinois are my, my, okay. my favorite areas to chase. And I would assume obviously climate change is causing it to, I guess, so that would be more southeast then is kind of where it's moving is what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, that's been the trend over the past, you know, even decade plus and you know, there, there's evidence showing that, you know, the planes will have a resurgence again. It's just the, the cycle that we're in. Um, but I mean, that's to be determined. We've been saying that for the past few right. years and it hasn't quite happened. Wow. What makes it to where somewhere like that, those the, that like Midwest to Southeast, you know, that type of area, why is that area so inundated with this? Why is it only really there that it happens? Yeah, good question. And like, and it's not just the U.S. Like worldwide, the central part of the United States is the hotspot for tornadoes in the entire world. Really? Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's other hotspots around the world, but in terms of like of, of severity and overall occurrences, the Midwest or the, the uh -huh. central part of the country is the hotspot. And what that really, really stems from is the Gulf of Mexico. You have the warm, warm, moist air coming off the Gulf of Mexico, and then you get these. Uh -huh. uh, you usually get a really active jet stream, which is the winds up, you know, 200 millibars, which is about 40,000 plus feet, um, which dive in. 
and meet this okay. warm moist air. Then you also have, uh, you know, the drier air coming off the the mountains, the Rocky Mountains, and it's just a, it's an area where everything just kind of comes together uh, favorably wow. for super weather. And that and that and that it's also literally like a, almost from, a bowl. It's almost like yeah. a bowl then, huh? Where it kind of just, wow, okay. Everything kind of mixes in. And, and it's interesting too, because you start in the early spring in the Southern Plains. So Texas, and it's not Texas, uh, Louisiana, the severe weather hotbed. And then as the year progresses, as the season progresses, later and later into the summer, it moves further and further north. So by the time you get to July, you know, prime tornado spots is actually in Canada and Saskatchewan. Um, really? You know, so as the Oh, wow, so it moves north. north. Yeah. Oh wow. So the hot, the peak of summer, so July and August, it's way up in the Dakotas into southern Canada, and then as you get to September, it begins sagging back south to the Central Plains, and then eventually back to the Southern Plains. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, um, is, so I I'm gonna use Twister as a as another frame of reference, <laughs> just because is that F1, F2, F3, F4? Is that is that a thing? That's a legit thing, right? When they Absolutely. when they name those and, off. Okay. Yeah. And that's actually been upgraded to the EF scale, the Enhanced Regina scale at this point. And that's been around, for, I think, since okay. 2007 now. Enhanced Regina scale, it's the same thing as the original Regina scale. It's just the wind speeds are uh, a little bit different based on research that was done on what kind of winds produce uh, specific types of damage. So instead of an F5, oh, uh, old scale F5 was 301 miles an hour or above. And now an EF5, I believe, is 201 miles an hour or greater. Oh wow! So it actually like the winds were lowered for the F for the F five. Yeah, basically. Oh, okay. Not cool. So it's still still finger of God, but also it's just you know that's all I know. It is it's horrible that we only have like one frame of reference for tornadoes. Like it's so funny. Like this one odd cultural touchstone of a movie that no one really talks about anymore, even though it was an awesome movie and we all loved it and it was a huge hit but it's like why is this the only like twister based on i think obviously you go to wizard of oz kansas so we all know that tornadoes happen in kansas and everything but that's so weird so what's the biggest one that you've seen so have you seen an f5 is is that something that you captured on film or just been an experience of i have personally not seen an ef5 um adam and danny okay. were the owners of, of isc they have both seen it. They saw okay. uh, more Oklahoma back in 2013. They saw, I believe they both saw Joplin, Missouri back in 20, oh. I think that was in 2013 as well. Uh, me, the strongest I've seen is an EF3 on two occasions. Uh, one was okay. not not necessarily in my backyard, but uh, a couple of towns over where my brother lives in Cole City back in 2015. Uh -huh. And then I also saw an EF3 down in uh, Elk City, Oklahoma back in 2016. Wow. So what's an what's the wind speed for an EF three then? What would the wind speed be for that? Oh, you're quizzing. You're quizzing me. <laughs> um, EF3, if you don't have I the believe, answer, that's okay. Yeah. No, I I believe it's a hundred and hundred and thirty to somewhere in the hundred thirty to hundred fifty mile an hour range, somewhere in that ballpark. I've never even driven that fast. That just seems an insane. That seems insane. So so what does wind speed? What does a wind that fast do? What can it do to like, a, let's say like a car? Well, could it move a car that going that fast? Especially if it's a tornado where you have that that vacuum as well, where it's it's sucking uh -huh. straight up. 
yeah, that that kind of wind will easily toss cars easily. They'll, oh, they'll toss them like they'll toss them like a, a a little toy car. Wow. Because of the speed, and since it's going in that circular motion, it can just start to literally pick things up. Wow. So when you hear things like the EF5 just rolling through places or or anything like that, the speed, wow, it puts it into perspective then. I like to see that speed. How close when you're chasing do you get then? You said that you're a fairly aggressive chaser. How close do you get? So... Uh... You know, this year I, I became a member of, it's called the Zero Meter Club. Um, I got inside the outer no. circulation of a tornado earlier this year. Um, that was fun. Uh, <laughs> this is cool. I'm talking to your ghost right now. That's what it feels like. I'm talking to your ghost. This is cool. Nick's a ghost. Well, thank, uh, welcome. To <laughs> well, thankfully it was me. It, it was a, a rel relatively, relatively weak tornado. Yeah. Uh, my ears did pop and my car was bouncing, but I was okay. Um, but beyond uh -huh. that, at least in terms of a stronger tornado, the closest I've gotten is within about 200 yards or so. Um, that's so close. I thought you were going to tell me like two miles is what I thought no, you were going to tell no, me like a mile or two. Too far. <laughs> I, I have no frame of reference. So 200 yards. So, okay. So let's, let's see that. What's like, a what's a good, so, so 200 yards is like a good closeness, the nearness to these, to these monsters. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, I there's some chasers who love uh -huh. like to hold back and get the entire structure of the storm. I like to feel the storm. I gotcha. So I like to be right up there okay. with it. Um, and that comes from Adam, the guy who mentored me. Uh, he's an aggressive chaser too, so naturally, that's kind of where I've I've fallen. Uh, because you know, being that close and seeing how powerful Mother Nature is, and having that immense respect for Mother Nature. You know, it's it's just it's something that it's just it it, it, it can't talk. It interests me. So it's all it's a it's kind of an adrenaline rush, and I would assume it's not just always just academic at this point. It's more it's also about the the thrill of the chase. I would assume as well. Oh, for sure. And you know, I, I feel like I've gotten pretty good at keeping my composure. Um, you know, I've watched God knows how many hours of of YouTube videos on people chasing and then in their video they're just screaming and yelling i'm like stop i just want to see the storm so i've been i've become very <laughs> conscious of that so in my videos i tend to i don't talk much i i try to keep composure because at the end of the day if i don't keep my composure i'm going to put myself in a bad spot because i need to make sure i'm right. still aware of my surroundings make sure i'm aware of my road network what my escape route is in the event i need to escape um so you know i, I i've been able to really temper that that adrenaline wow so when you so you being part of the now the, you said the zero meter club is what you said yeah the zero meter club what did, was that on accident or on purpose um it was <laughs> i mean it, it was on accident i mean i don't ever want to intentionally drive into a tornado what ended up happening is this tornado started out pretty small uh pretty skinny mm -hmm. and as it as i continued to track it it became this very, very big bowl-shaped funnel where you couldn't, it okay. wasn't fully condensed to the ground, but there was a lot of ground circulations around. And I saw these rain bands curling in from in front of me and behind me. I'm like, uh-oh. And then the wind hit. And then I was like, yeah, I'm in it. And I, I mean, it's funny because I got it, you know, that was the, the first chase that I was ever able to live stream tornadoes to our, our Facebook page. 
to be we'll get uh -huh. a tornado video posted but to actually live stream it that was my first time doing it so i mean i guess it turned out okay i got to live stream being inside a tornado so that was, <laughs> that was cool. It doesn't seem like that. It doesn't seem like it happens very often. Then I would assume. So you were saying that it said you said ninety-seven percent of it is driving, three percent of actual storm chasing. Have you ever gone to an area where you were going to try and you know see the storm, and then just nothing happened? Does does that happen often, or do you usually luck out when you? Oh, he's not. Yeah. Yes, we we bust a lot. So we call them, okay. especially if, if we're if we get baked under the sun and under blue skies, we call it a blue sky bust. Um, happens often. Maybe not blue sky bust, mm -hmm. but where it, the environment doesn't live up to what it was projected to do. Um, that happens right. quite often. Honestly, probably nine out of ten times, the chase under. Wow, blues. really? Yeah, it's it's one of those where you have to chase a lot to really get. A lot of good content um you know because at the end of the day we're, we're as meteorologists as weather enthusiasts we are trying to predict, predict the future right and right you know, yeah that, that's why I, I always hear and this is a little bit off topic but i always hear the thing god these weathermen are always wrong can't they ever do anything right they get paid to be wrong so on and so forth <laughs> and now my response when i hear that is how did march how did your uh, march madness bracket do last year <laughs> trying to predict the future right so, i do fantasy football i would really much so i would very much so like to be able to predict the future so yeah yep. <laughs> yeah uh no and i i it's so funny that you say i have never been against uh meteorologists like yeah they're they're giving the models this is what it's probably going to be and most of the time I, I feel like most of them are fairly close to it um but yeah obviously you can't predict everything um it makes a lot of sense so you were saying that you go and you give presentations around your state like what what are those present are those basically uh, going to be showcasing some of your videos or is it going to be more um just about meteorology in general what, what what's that usually happen yeah so it, it varies i mean you know i do a lot of presentations for schools a lot for local mm -hmm. libraries and I let them decide what they want the topic on, whether it be them, they want me to come in and talk about storm chasing and my experiences, I'll do that. But if they want something educational, I know, for example, in Illinois, uh, a third grade, uh, in third grade, they're required to learn to have a weather unit. So I go in for a lot of third grade presentations and that's very educational based. Of course, I share some of my storm chasing mm -hmm. stories, um, but that, that that's very educational based. And, you know, I. It's so much fun doing those. And, you know, I, I had a presentation a couple weeks ago and we did one for them, I think two or three years ago. And this this one girl, she comes up to me afterwards and she said that that last presentation that we did sparked her interest in weather and now she's pursuing it in school. And for me, that's like the most rewarding the feeling ever knowing that, you know, my stories and my experiences and, and just sharing that with people can create that passion for someone or if someone has that immense fear as I did as a kid, if that can help them uh -huh. get out of that fear and start learning, you know, that, that's what it's all about. That's the dream. That's the dream right there. It has to keep coming until you inspired him. That's like, that's every person's dream ever. It really is. It, so, it was, so if you're going to, cool. oh, that is the coolest. I bet. I, I mean, she's going to talk about you for forever. It's like, oh, we met Nick. Storm chasing, 
<laughs> what uh I want to do you I do you have like a back pocket story that you tell that's really cool? I mean, I, every story that you told right now, but like everybody has like that back pocket story of so like where like this was the freaky one or this was the crazy one. Like what was your favorite one to view or or what something like that? I'm trying to think I I mean, I've done some uh some let's just say stuff that I would only do being sleep deprived chasing <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay yeah know, yeah yeah a lot of chasers we're we're all really good friends and it's cool because these people live across the country and we without uh -huh. even communicating with each other we hop out of our car underneath a storm and we look to our right or to our left and there's people from three two thousand miles away who we haven't seen in a year and it's just it, that that aspect is cool but um oh, i'm trying to I mean, being with inside inside a tornado is pretty dang cool. So I I get it. Is is the storm chasing community pretty tight knit? I would assume that it would be. Is it a yeah, good community yeah, to be a part yeah, of? Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and overall, like it, it's a tight knit community. Um, you know, we tend to help each other out wherever we can. Um, you know, there, there's been times I've been down in Oklahoma and a chaser opens up their house for us, so we don't have to stay at a hotel. Um, so yeah, no, oh, overall the, the community is a, a very good one and very, uh, welcoming. Oh, that's neat. I always, I like hearing that. Um, there is some, I guess it would be that there'd be some either low gatekeeping or high gatekeeping, depending on how much you want to keep people safe too, at the same time. Like, I guess te technically everyone can do it if they really want to, <laughs> but, uh, it seems like you would have to have a little bit of, um, <laughs> A little bit of uh, experience. Oh my gosh! So if someone was going to start a, a, their storm chasing quote unquote career, what would they want to start with first? Like, what would be your first bit of advice to give to someone who wanted to start it? First thing is education. You know, there there's so many different books to read. There's so many different resources out there that people can gain uh, knowledge. I mean. Look, for the most part, I'm self-taught, as as well as most people in, in ISC. We're we're all pretty much self-taught um, to the point where we can we can function. Um, of course, the schooling helps, but also like for the field experience, there's so many different companies out there that offer storm chasing tours. Um, oh, really? One, yeah, oh, okay. the one that I highly recommend and uh, is called Tornadic Expeditions, and they run, I believe, eight tours a year. And you know, members of ISC do do guide those tours, so it, it's a great way to, to not only meet other people who are interested, but also to really see Mother Nature up close safely. You know, having people who have been chasing for 10 plus years, 10, 15, 20 years, and having meteorologists on board to, to guide them, it's it's definitely a low stress experience for them, but a very fun experience for them. Have you ever done one of those? Have you ever given one of those tours? So next year, uh, I'm. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Adam and a couple other members of ISC have been tour, uh, guiding them for a few years. Um, I was going to do one this year, and then scheduling conflicts came up with my day job. Couldn't do that. But next year, I'll be guiding um, at least one tour for him. Oh, that sounds great. I mean. I, I want to, so where do they go out of, where do those go? Like if I wanted to do a storm chase um, vacation, where where would I have to go? Would it be Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, Illinois? 
So the base city varies based on what part of the season you're in. So some of our some of the tours have the base city in Oklahoma City, so you'd fly into OKC. Um, some of them, uh, the base is in Denver, so you're flying to Denver. Um, I think those are the main two uh, two hubs that we go out of: Denver and, and wow. Oklahoma City. Uh, my wife really enjoys Oklahoma City. She's been there multiple times, so maybe maybe. I'll... She okay. That's the funny thing that you bring that up because I remember because where I live, I live in Southern California. Uh, our weather is not particularly extreme. It's just it's just hot. It's, that's really what it boils down. It's hot. It's dry. There's like and and then it's and then during the winter and spring, it's not. You know, like that's just kind of like that's just kind of how it works here. It's either really hot or it's not really hot. That's our weather. But she, I remember her calling me in the middle of the night when she was in Oklahoma City when they had a, a, a storm there like but like for everybody else no one really cared but for her this um this rainstorm it's just rain um blew her mind with the severity of this and everyone else like, oh yeah that happens and she was just like she thought it was Armageddon happening it's like okay here we go end of days right now it's everything's ending and so uh yeah i couldn't even imagine if a tornado was running through oh my gosh that's just nuts and so so for the most part i guess i probably should ask this at the beginning for the most part when you say storm chasing you're chasing tornadoes right do you do you deviate from that in any way or is it just really trying to get those those sweet sweet cyclones yeah i mean tornadoes is is kind of jackpot right but right. not every setup that case is conducive for tornado. Tornadoes. Sometimes it's large hail. Sometimes it's just a squall line with damaging winds. Um, it really depends. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I went out yesterday, very local, um, and because there was a storm out west that was putting down baseball-sized hail. So yeah, I'll, I'll go take a peek Whoa. at that one. And ended up, I ended up, uh, you know, I went about half an hour southwest of where I live, and then headed west towards the storm. And, you know, dropping baseball-sized hail, I'm like, well, I need to find a gas station to get to uh, so I don't re-dent yeah. up my car. Um, I've already dented it up plenty of times. Um, but I was in the middle of fields, so I ended up having to settle for the east side of a pole barn uh, because the winds were coming out of the west, so I knew the hail would blow over me and end up oh getting about gosh. 70, 75 mile an hour winds with, uh, with the hail. It was a fun experience. So, like chases like that, when I know I'm, the expectation is not a tornado, it's just as much uh -huh. fun and, and just as as exhilarating as seeing a tornado. Gosh, that's baseball size. I've seen hail the size of a pea. That's that's the that's the and that was a big one. That was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, this could kill me. And then you're sitting there with like, you got you get Randy Johnson from the from from heaven chucking it down at you with the, with the baseball. Oh my gosh, that's just absolutely insane. Friend of mine, he's in Iowa, and he showed me a picture of his wall, and it actually ended up going viral. It was that picture of the derecho when the um, it was the the it was it was at his house, and it was the uh, the the patio chair through the through the wall because um, yep. of the derecho winds. Yeah, that was he took that picture and and it went crazy. But it's like, oh okay, I'll stick with super duper hot. But um, man, I feel like now I'm missing out being in this weather. That's crazy. I'm. <laughs> That's um. So like, if you were gonna be somebody that wanted to be a part of this community, like moving to somewhere like Illinois would be the place where you'd want to go. Obviously, it seems like. 
be able to get this oh, extreme yeah. weather. For wow. sure. Wow, wow, wow. That gives me a lot to think about. What I, what really strikes me is how you started with being afraid and then trying to basically conquer that fear through knowledge. I mean, that is something that all of us can learn, um, especially today. That's so topical. Like, just learn and the fear can go away or give you ways to be able to be safer. And I, I just think that's such a powerful thing. I really appreciate it. Well, that's going to do it for us today. Uh, Nick has given us the um, the the field guide to becoming fans of of, of storm chasing, and so uh, me and Elise will be spending this week watching your videos, which I will have all in the show notes, of course, uh, so we can follow and see any of your videos and, and and anything like that. But we will be spending that week becoming fans. There's a good chance we will watch Twister, but we'll 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 do so without thinking that it's. Uh, that it's scientifically accurate, of course. We'll, we'll, we'll do it just in an ironic way. It'll be an ironic watch. But we will report back to you in next week in our response edition. In the meantime, you can follow us on I Like to Like Things. It's the number two. I like, like to like things on Instagram or Twitter. You can call the like line at 661-279-0130. Uh, you can support us via Patreon at patreon.com slash I like to like things. And of course, if anybody out there is also a fellow storm chaser, please uh, give us your information too and your stories. Um, obviously, this we all strive towards positivity. So any of your stories or your input, please make it positive. Uh, Nick, where can people find you and uh, see see what you do? Yeah, so on Facebook, uh, type in Illinois Storm Chasers. We're on there. We have a website, IllinoisStormChasers.com. Um, and we're actually just starting to get our Twitter and Instagram and TikTok rolling. Um, so yeah. A tornado TikTok would be unbelievably amazing. There's just no way I, that I, you could like, you said you live streamed one that like, where did you post that live stream? What was that streaming on Facebook? Yeah, that was right on Facebook. Yep. Cause that, that's our, that's oh, our bread and butter right now. It's Facebook. That's incredible. Nick. Thank you. So when you messaged me that this is what it was going to be, I couldn't have said yes faster. Like, it, 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 like we're talking EF5 level wins fast. That's how fast I wanted to say yes, please. So <laughs> thank you so much. This was educational and uh, entertaining. Like this is great. It was everything I hoped it would be. Thank you so much. Awesome. I appreciate it. And so I will see you all next week when the mission is accomplished. And remember, we can make the world a little better, a little friendlier, a little more likable by liking a few more things. 